This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by Evan Grant, who has not shaved for like, I don't know, it looks like a couple of months. Evan, are you on a bender or is it the trade deadline? I don't know what I am. I'm on I'm on um, post 10-day road trip to the West Coast with a flight canceled and a red eye in between. And, oh, um, man. Trade deadline. I don't know what I want to do. I, I feel like I'd like to go with some scruff on my face, but I, I don't know how to maintain it. I, I'm having a midlife crisis, kid. <laughs> Your midlife crisis started when you were 17. That's not true. And is extended now into your late 60s. That's not true at all. My midlife crisis started just now. Before that, I was having early life crises. <laughs> um, and then young newlywed crises. And now I'm having a midlife crisis. I, I don't know how I'll get out of this. But the trade deadline passing would, would help. Yeah? Yes. You'd like, to, you'd like the trade deadline to be over? As as we tape this, it's not, this is on it's, Tuesday. I guess it's fun for fans. I don't know. I like. It seems like between July fifteenth and July thirty first, like nobody pays any attention to anything that happens on the field. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. Although I have to say, because I check that, like I, I check ESPN's trade tracker, you know, every day, a couple of times a day, three or four times a day, and I got to tell you, nothing's been on there except for you know Marcus Stroman. Nothing's been on there for a couple of weeks. Is that is that normal? Well, I don't know if you're aware of this. Yeah, nothing's <clears throat> happened. Um, but the trade tracker there is actually, it's accurate. Because um, <laughs> you, you no, don't you have mean, to check the trade tracker. I mean, it would like people would write news stories. Evan, if I waited for you to write a news story, I'd never know anything. That's true. Somebody did break that Elvis Andrus immigration story. <laughs> Oh, now, now you're going to take credit for that. I read it to other people in the same day from from the same media market had stuff about that. I don't believe so. They might have had something about six hours later. <laughs> I, there's no such thing as six hours later anymore. Oh, yes, there is. No, there's not. But okay. I, I don't know. I read that in the, I read in the Star-Telegram quotes. But anyway, you, you, you take that with it and, and you can just you can just tell yourself that you broke that story. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, it was a very nice story, and I enjoyed it. Okay. I can tell you exactly how that took place, if you'd like. If we, if we want to sit here and run down how other operations, other other people had quotes. The, the, so did we. I we know. we had quotes at three o'clock in the afternoon and posted it, and then after the game, other people went oh. to Elvis after reading our story online and got the quotes. You're saying that they read your story and that's how they got it? I, I think that's a little bit egotistical. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of how it worked. And then, 
Evan, if you want credit for it, I'll give you credit. Okay. Okay. Now, if you'll just get a, now if you'll just break a story about the trade deadline, I'm not going to. That that's not going to happen. <coughs> I refuse not, to. Why is that not going? to Well, happen? first of all, I think that, um, and this this podcast is off to a rip roaring start. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to hold people accountable, and, and unlike you, who you want to hold accountable? Well, to, you mostly. <laughs> for what? <laughs> I yeah, I have not made any trades. Okay. I have not fielded any phone calls from anybody wanting to make a trade with me. Let me ask you this. It doesn't seem like there's even hardly any rumors. Is everybody sitting tighter on this stuff now than they used to? Um, yeah, I, I do think to some extent teams are, are sitting tighter on that. Um, I think we've, in some regards, reached peak Twitter usage uh, uh, for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think GMs uh, and, and clubs are paying less attention to what we in the media um and and there, I think there was a period of time when they they were a little bit moved and and did react to some of what they may have seen but I think uh over time they've they've learned to realize that a whole lot of what gets put on Twitter is um just chatter yeah and uh and that's not to say that there hasn't been some stuff out there that's been that's been fairly accurate. I mean, I'd like to think that what we've what we've reported on the Rangers has been has been pretty accurate. There have been people in to see Mike Miner. There have been people in to see Nomar Mazar. There are people in to see the relievers. Um, but uh, I, I think um, I think it's been a, a confluence, as usual, of of circumstances. One is on the Rangers front and, and that's really I think the one that that, that our re- listeners will be most concerned with you know minor minor's numbers in July haven't been as outstanding as they were right um uh, the second part of that I think is that the Mets have liberty flubbed up the the trade deadline by right. deciding that they would talk to clubs about Noah Syndergaard after pretty much ruling out Cindergard until the middle of July, and then they went out and traded for Marcus Stroman, and then they traded away Jason Vargas. And, and I think everybody's waiting to see what the Mets yeah. are, are doing one way or another. And, look, if you're a contending club and you can get Noah Cindergard, that's probably going to be the, the, number one, the, the, the number one target. So Minor falls, falls down a, a, a peg there. Um and I think the uh, I, I think the third thing is that this is not the same situation that the Rangers faced in seventeen and eighteen, and and your your writing is is as good example of of anything in in terms of how difficult it is to to judge exactly where the Rangers are uh, as as anything. You know, I you went months saying got to sign minor, got to sign minor, right. and then. Uh, last week you wrote a very good column about, well, no, they need to trade minor. Um, and, and, and so I, I think there's been some indecision, not necessarily just on the Rangers part, but I think there's, there's some indi- maybe lack of understanding for, from the general public about exactly where the Rangers are. And that's because we want to put people into, well, you are either a buyer mm-hmm. or you are a seller. Here's the deal. If you can get a, 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 organization remaking trade for Mike Miner, you do it. And by that, I mean 
if you can go to Atlanta and you can get one of the three outfielders, uh, Christian Pache, Austin Riley, or Drew Waters, um, and you can get one of the top three pitchers, Anderson, Wright, uh, Allard, um, maybe Bryce Wilson, if, if you can get that, then now now you've got something where, where you're talking. But from my understanding, look, the Braves have not been willing to move any of those outfielders. And if, if those outfielders are – if one of those three outfielders is not in a potential deal, there's nowhere to go with that deal for me. Because I, I think one thing that has been uh, – has been exposed even more is the Rangers do need to go out and um, – get more core I, there's a question about the the level of their their core players right now right well, that was the reason i wrote what i did was the fact that um keeping minor in the when the season not when the season started necessarily but i was thinking about it then and then into may when i wrote the column saying that that's what they should do was based on the fact that well you've got your core together and they're playing and they're playing uh, well they weren't playing well at the time but I, I had reason to think that they could pull out of it and it and they weren't pulling out of it you know, of course what we're talking about here is Joey Gallo, Ruggie Odor, and and Nomar Mazzara uh, and you're getting excellent play from one of those guys uh, Joey Gallo uh, and the other two uh, you're not getting that from and so so to me that's the difference. Uh, our good friend Phil Rogers made a comment to me recently that uh, that the Rangers should be trying to break this thing down, you know, take it down to the studs and then and then come back. That's what you do in a rebuild. And and my conversation with him when when we had this was you know it was a couple of months ago. I said, well, to me, if you've got young guys on the team and they're playing well, what what are you breaking down? I mean, that's what you want. You, you know, that yes, there's some older guys on the team. There's 100 pence on this team, and and obviously, if you can get something for 100 pence, and you can send him someplace where he could be on a contender, that's what you do. But uh, and if you could get somebody to take Shinsu Chu's contract, that's what you would do. But because the 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 rest <clears throat> of the club is pretty young, well, you feel like this is already a team that is in the place you want it to be. You when you're when you're taking a team down all the way. You're talking about getting rid of older players, uh, and who are the older players you're going to get rid of besides the pitchers? So uh, I, I disagree with with his premise at that point. But now it's different. Now we see <coughs> you, you look at this organization, you look at the lineup, all of the contributors except for Joey Gallo are guys who are either in their 30s, uh, and, and in some cases late 30s, or guys uh, who who may not be here very long, like a Danny Santana. Uh, you know we. We have we. It's just, it's a shame that uh, that the that the trade deadline has taken precedence over a story like Danny Santana. I hate to see him leave before we ever got to write a story about him. About what is what is the deal with him anyway? You know, he started out his rookie season, hit three nineteen, I believe it was. Uh, had a had a tremendous you know impact then, and then just went in the tank for for three years or whatever, three or four years, whatever it was. The Twins gave up on him, sent him to Atlanta. Um, and he and he didn't last there either. And now this year, you watch him play, and it's not just the numbers he puts up. It's it's, it's that when you watch him play, you say, "Yeah, why can't this guy do this? He's fast. He's got a he's got a good idea at the plate. He's got a, a good quick stroke with a lot of pop. Uh, you know, he he handles the ball well in the in the field. 
I don't I don't think he's a first baseman, but I but I do think he obviously can play second. He can play the outfield a little bit. You know, I think he's uh I, I think he's the real deal. It's not like this is just a a gimmick. This is like a continuation of what he did uh, as a rookie. It's like if we just took the rookie year and this year, we and we could say, yeah, this this makes sense. It's the years in between that don't make any sense. Right. And uh, and so I guess my question to you would be. Do the Rangers really want to give up on that? No, I don't think they do. But look, his value is higher than it's ever been before. Sure. And yeah, there have been some teams. There have been some teams asking about him. But I think teams that are asking about him are asking about him in the role of a super utility guy, and um, not necessarily even when with the idea of being a super utility guy. I don't think teams are looking at him as an every everyday player and. I think the Rangers would want for Danny Santana everyday player value. He's controllable for for multiple years past this year. Um, uh, there is real question about whether or not the Rangers have uh, a core second baseman at this point in time on their roster. Um, I think you're going to see some competition in in August and September um, with either with either Santana playing more second base. Uh, or Nick Solak being called up and maybe platooning with with Rugnet Odor, um, but uh, the uh, Danny Santana is interesting to a lot of clubs, but he's not he's not a guy that's going to be moved for for a um, for the kind of package that no. noticeably makes this organization better. I, I, again, I think that Danny Santana has been a great discovery this year, and if 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 somebody's not willing to say we do think that this is, we've seen two years of this guy, very granted, spread well apart. Um, if if we're not willing to take that uh, and and give you everyday value for that, then the Rangers aren't going to trade him. And and the same thing goes for Minor. And I, I I think that look. If the Rangers don't get the package that they want for Minor, they don't trade them. And I think you you look at this year and you say, okay, there has been some progress, particularly on the pitching front. Uh, there has been some progress with Gallo. Um, but if we're not trading these pieces and we're not in rebuild, then we are in add mode. And that means going out this offseason and you're going into a new stadium after 25 years of not being able to lure primetime pitching go out there and dispel that myth right away. We're going to get a big-time pitcher on the free agent market, even if we have to pay a premium, and we're going to give you a 1-2-3 that's uh, competitive with any 1-2-3 in the league, in minor, Lynn, and whoever they add, whether it's Garrett Cole or somebody else along those lines. Um, you, may po- you may potentially see the Rangers – uh, even if they don't trade no more Mazzara at the deadline, you may you may see them uh, come this fall uh, talk to clubs about the possibility of, of Mazzara because there are too many left-handed hitters right in, in this on this organiz, on this roster right now. Um, but doesn't all that just fly in the face of what we were just talking about? How? Well, you just said that you know just what we talked about the other day is that the the, the lineup there's too many holes in the lineup. There's you know? there's a look if you can't. If you can't get the package that allows you to remake the organization, right? Um, then you try to continue building, and 
I don't know how you do that without adding without adding to what you have. And there there's like it, it just I, I don't know how to explain it. it. It doesn't necessarily move in a linear fashion, you know, because no more Mazar is 24 doesn't necessarily guarantee that he's part of the core. Right. Um, and you could Old trade door. You could trade him uh, and then go out and add a veteran bat somewhere. And, and that might be the best fit for your club. Maybe. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm not saying you give Mike Miner away. Obviously, this is not a situation where you just you just trade him for whatever you can get. I'm never in favor of, of that, especially because it's the argument we made to begin with. Look, this guy's been very good, and he likes it here. And uh, and you got him for a, for another year after this year. And 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 if you're going to decide to keep him and not trade him, then you probably should talk about extending. Correct. Him. Uh, so I, I think that if. If you get past this deadline mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there are no significant moves, you talk to Miner about an extension. Yeah. Um, I wonder how happy he'd be about that by now. I, I Listen, I think if he doesn't understand the nature of the business, mm-hmm. um, then shame on him. Uh, he's pitched well. He's been a valuable commodity. And the Rangers have been uh, – Save for the the middle of June, they've been on the fringes of the playoff race, and so it behooved this club, um, and, and should speak to Mike Miner that look, it has nothing to do with not wanting you, it has everything to do with wanting to put together the best organization possible. Well, it's not just that though; it was the the, the awkwardness of the whole thing, and, and that's being kind to call it awkwardness uh, at the all, the All Star Game. You're pitching, you're not pitching. Okay, uh, well, if, you, if you're going to pitch, he's going to pitch for us. He's not going to pitch in the All Star games. Like that was a pretty arrogant thing for Chris Woodward to say. You know, uh, this is the guy's chance to pitch in the All Star game. You, you're making a big deal about it for everybody else. You're making a big deal about it for Joey Gallo. You know, uh, but when I talked to Miner about whether or not he wanted to pitch in the All Star game, he made it very clear that it was more important to him to be able to make two starts against Houston than it was to pitch in the All Star game. It was, but the thing was that was the way it was handled was not good. It was awkward. It was clumsy. I think that's the better term to use for it. Uh, it, it, it the way they handled all of that, there was no need to take it the way they did. Uh, and, and to me, it was it was indicative of, of, of something they were trying to do with him. Uh, either either they were trying to preserve his, I don't know, his. Uh, it, it just felt like they were trying to preserve his market value. Is what it felt like at that point. But I'm not. But I don't know because you know no one's talking about that. Uh, so anyway, um, so let's look at this, uh, from the standpoint of, so we, so we, do we have an idea if you were to guess now, uh, Mike Miner, who would be the most attractive option? Who would want Mike Miner the most? Would it be the Braves? Because they know him. I still feel like the Braves would be the best fit because they know him and, and he would be comfortable there going back to Atlanta. I'm sure he would not, uh, Leverage the no trade clause because he can't block a trade to Atlanta. Um, it's close to his home. Uh, the idea of pitching there in 2020 um, would be certainly very amenable to him. So um, the Braves know him. They've got some history with him. Uh, certainly the front office there has, has changed significantly, but I think that there's still pl- some people there that that are familiar with Mike. Um, the, the Rangers have – some relief help to potentially de- deal. The the Braves need that. Chris um, Martin we're talking about. 
Well, there's interest in, I, you know, I mean, if I'm the Braves, I'd, I'd prefer Jose Leclerc probably because of the number of years of control. Yeah, i tell you what, uh, uh, that's another, see, that's another thing when we're talking about all these things is that Jose Leclerc, I felt like going into this season, Jose Leclerc was the best pitcher slash player on the roster with the most potential uh, from what he'd shown the end of last year. I thought he was one of the two or three top closers in baseball. Uh, and then he's come out here and had this year, uh, and you know, in which he, he blew the game the, the other day when he was putting back into the ninth inning role um, against Oakland. I just, uh, you know, the, the stuff looks better than it did earlier in the season when he was when he was really struggling, but you know, still put in a position to to close out. He couldn't do it. Um, I just I don't know what to think about him. I at this point I know that the the, the Rangers are probably one of those teams that, and like a lot of teams. Uh, a lot of organizations feel like we can always build a bullpen. Uh, there is no indispensable player in a bullpen. And I guess they've arrived at that point now with uh, Jose Leclerc. In what way? Well, I mean, I think that they're, I think they probably are willing to trade him. The, uh, let's, uh, <sighs> there's, Outside of Joey Gallo, I don't think there's anybody that's untouchable on this roster, nor should there be. Well, listen, if if Jose Leclerc was pitching now, like he pitched the last half of last season, or, or all of last season mostly, uh, do you really think, like, how old is Jose, 25? 25. 25 years old, I, a closer. I, I think if if Jose Le, I, I think if Jose Leclerc was pitching like he did last year, yeah, he'd be right there in the conversation with Felipe Vasquez and Rysel Iglesias as guys that if if you want to trade for him, you better be willing to give up a stud package for. Um, I think right now the Rangers still view him as a as a. I hate using the word cornerstone over and over again. I think the Rangers still view him as a significant piece going forward. But I think that yeah, they'd be willing to talk about him um, and the performance. I don't, I don't think anybody's on. I don't think anybody's on. And, and the performance has not. Yeah, the performance has not been on par with with where it was last year. Um, See, that's all part of the problem for this with this club is that if you, you look, the guys who have made the significant contributions to the team this year are Elvis, who's who's still the same player he he's been. So so you know he he's fine. Hunter Pence. Shinsu Chu, Joey Gallo, Danny Santana in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has either been average or far below average. Yes. Okay. No disagreement there. Yeah. So, so that's the, the problem with that is, is that all those are either old guys or a guy you're not sure if you're going to keep or not. A guy like Santana is, is he on the market? You're going to trade him or not? So going forward, you know, you're talking about. You still got a hole at first base, a hole at second base, a hole. Not when I say hole, I mean it's, it's not. You guys. got questions, man. There's there's no there's, doubt. There's, there's too, no doubt. Too there's, many questions on this club. There's there's no doubt. But so, what's your answer? I your answer is to say what? My answer is to say that uh, um, that you're not going to compete. I mean, you mean this year or next year? Going forward. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's that's my deal. I, I'm not sure. It's like I said, the conversation with Phil Rogers. Do you break it all the way down? I think you got too many young guys to break it all the way down. I mean, and then you got a young, you got a young guy like uh, Odor under contract, correct? For with thirty something million left on his. And deal. you're and, and I think what you make it very clear next year is, I think you make it very clear on August first that 
hey, boys, there's competition here. Um, and like I said, you know, Nick Solak may end up being up here soon. Um, uh, Santana may get more time at second base. Uh, you might see Nomar Mazzara being platooned, even though right now, you know, he's had, this has been one of Nomar's good weeks, and his OPS and, and slugging right now are at career highs. Um, but the guy's had a number of 0 for 15s and 1 for 20s this year, and he's one stretch of that from uh, you sitting here saying, well, do you need to send him down again? Right. So, uh, no, what you're going to come away with from this year is with no definitive answers. But you do have, despite all that, you've got some potential for upside. You've got – you've improved your starting pitching. I mean, there's been no doubt that Lynn and Miner yeah. have been as good a one-two combination as there's been in in the American League. How much of the so so how much of the Rangers' ability to be a five hundred team to overachieve? I think we can all say they overachieved in the first half. How much is that do you attribute to the two starting pitchers? Um, I think Lynn's been far better than anticipated. I think. Um, uh, minor has been far better than than expected. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if if you were if you were giving a reason for why this team has has been better, it I, I I think it's impossible to say it's all been the starting pitching. I think the emergence of Gallo has been a a big factor. Sure, but I think that yeah, the two starting pitchers um, have made a significant difference. But on the at the same front, you got nothing out of three different starters veteran starters that you signed so yeah. i mean how do you you know how do you weigh that I, I well you got a little bit of something out of the guys that replaced him adrian sampson and uh, ariel harado correct they, and, and I, I i honestly think that ariel harado has been um you know if if you were saying um gallo's emergence the starting pitching danny santana i'd i'd put ariel harado uh probably fourth after that because i I feel like last year this was a guy that you know was in the big leagues and was considered one of your better at that point in time for a very bad farm system, one of your better, more advanced pitching prospects, and came up and he was not a big league pitcher in any way. Um, and the only thing that I think I could have said positively about him last year is that while he was out there getting hammered, he never looked like he was uh, he was rattled. Like he would just get the ball and and go back out. Um, and and I think that this year the guy's added a couple miles to his fastball. Um, he is uh, he's still not rattled in any way. Uh, he's able to recover. He's made adjustments. I think he's demonstrated to you that he is a big league capable pitcher. Now is he? a big league pitcher in a championship rotation, I don't know that I've got the answer for that. Um, if you were, if I was just going to make a judgment, I would say that, you know, Parada would be a really nice fit as kind of your swing guy who could make some spot starts and who could also be a long reliever. Um, At this point, look, this club just needs people to – fill the holes yeah they need guys to eat innings and yeah, um, that's that's the issue and so i i think harado has been i think the emergence of harado has been a uh 
a real positive. Well, if you look at the like I was looking the other day at, at baseballreference.com, if you look at the top 10 players, top 10 Rangers according to war uh, on baseball reference, seven of them are pitchers. And Adrian and Adrian Sampson is one of those. Yeah. Uh, is one of the t- Adrian is actually in front of Verado. I think because Adrian has been he's had some real highs and then he's had some real lows. Corrado's uh, mm-hmm. um, been a little more consistent in, in what he's done, um, but that's that has yeah, that's probably and that's the crazy thing. That's kind of the plus about the team this year. If if Odor, if Mazzara, if Guzman, if those players, if Delano De Shields, if those players had played to their what, what everybody thought was their potential, well, then this Ranger club really would be, I think, a contender for the for that second wild card. I don't think it it wouldn't have been a case of them overachieving in the first half. This would have this would have you know and Jose Leclerc another one. If those guys had all played and pitched to what what was a reasonable expectation for them this year, um, I think this club really could have done something. That's what's the the odd thing about all of this. We have complained and complained and complained about the starting pitching, and they finally get some good pitching at the top the rotation that they weren't expecting and getting some average pitching from guys like uh, Sampson and Gerardo and, and then the lineup fails them mm-hmm. and the closer fails them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, that that's to me that that's the hard thing to, to put together about this team and what it's going to do going forward. I don't, I, I just don't see any reason to think, uh, you know, going to next year, we, you know, you, you, this was the year to me to find out, what guys could do. You're not going to be a real contender, probably. Let's just find out what these young guys could do. Well, we're finding out. Uh, they can't do it. Um, and uh, and to me, uh, uh, but there's not going to be any changes. There's not Unless they trade Mazzara, uh, nothing's going to happen with uh, Odor unless he gets a platoon because of how much money he makes. Correct. So, um, you know, at this point, I think that's, that's why the, the whole Danny Santana thing is intriguing to me. This is a guy who's playing at an unbelievable level. How, how much of that is just he's just having a career year? Uh, how much of it is he's living up to what he did as a rookie? I, I don't know. Uh, but you remember that Jim uh, Jim Mark Gomez was on this team? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. They acted like he wasn't on the team though. There was a there was a long stretch of time where he didn't where he didn't pitch at all. Mm-hmm. Have, you ever, have you ever noticed that when you go back years later? And you look on a, on our uh, go back and look at a Rangers roster, and you think, "Wow, I didn't remember that this guy was on the club." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll be the guy from this year. <laughs> yeah, that could be. That will be. Well, this is going to be a tough uh, thing trying to figure out what the Rangers should do here. Do you do you feel like that that John Daniels? Uh, this is probably just a required guess on your part. Do you feel like he probably has gotten an idea of what the market is for Mike Miner? I think we spend an awful lot of time talking about the market, the market, and then in the 24 hours leading up to the deadline, um, emotions more than analysis kind of take over. Um, so, look, he's he's certainly got an idea that the market has not been um, commensurate with what his value for Mike Miner is. And so to this point, that's why there's been no traction on any kind of trade. But all it takes is is somebody in the in the next twenty four hours to say, damn it, we need this guy on our roster. This is the guy we need. 
and to make a compelling argument for it. And somebody says, you know, in Atlanta, look, we've got these three outfielders. That's a lot of depth there, you know. Why would the Braves want to keep three of those guys? I, I think that you're also seeing this, too. I think you're seeing some degree of a shift in that uh, position players have a lot of value. I know this is a shocking development. Yeah. Position players have a lot of value. They have to um, play every day. You know, look around look around the big leagues and, and see how many um, starting pitchers that are in teams' rotations were developed, drafted and developed by those pitchers. Um, by and large, if you've gotten one guy in your rotation that you've drafted and developed, probably pr- doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the teams – look at Houston, for example, you know. Right. Look at look around, look around the, the diamond there. Um, you know. Take Guriel out of it because he's 35, but Altuve, Correa, Bregman, Springer, Val, uh, Jordan Alvarez now. Um, that's a lot of stud players. Look they at the came Rangers. From their system. Yeah, look at the – well, Alvarez was in a deal, but look at the Rangers. And how many stud players are there? Well, that's this is what There's we're – There's one. Yeah, right? no, this is what we're talking about. That's, that's, that's the issue is that you could have – a couple of years ago when we did that, you know, looked around position by position, the Rangers were – this is when the Rangers were still competitive. Uh, you could say that uh, it was close. The, the Astros were a little ahead, but it was close. Well, that's and, and, But you knew that that was not going to be the case going forward because they were so young. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big difference. Uh, and that's, that's the issue for the Rangers. They felt like that these young guys um, uh, – Odor – Mazzara, Gallo. Um, now, the fact that they got Gallo to be this good, uh, as long as he stays healthy, uh, he he competes with anybody. You know, that's a that's a major piece. Um, but you're getting you're getting less either average or less than average on the other two, and that's just not going to do it. All right, that's going to have to do it for our Rangers podcast, though, because uh, we got David Moore waiting out there in Oxnard, um, or as Mike Ducey likes to call it, Foxnard. Get it? You get the play on words there? Yeah, that's because he works for Fox. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and he's going to talk to us about the Cowboys and what's going on there. Now, let me ask you this. when we When we get David on the line, are you just going to sit there? No, I'll ask some questions about where the about where Zeke might be. Okay, we're gonna have a little Zeke. We're gonna try to find Zeke. He's in Cabo. You can call it hide and go Zeke. Oh, hide and go Zeke! I like it. That's Benjamin, our producer. Thank you, Benjamin, for that. That's really good. I like that. Hide and go Zeke. All right, so that's going to do it for us from in here. So from everybody in this place, which is we're really trying hard here to try to find out information. Evan's growing a beard. He is he is going all out trying to figure out what the Rangers are doing. He's not even taking time to shave. That just goes to show you the value of what you're getting from this place. So from everybody in here to everybody out there, see you. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.